rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Time is 7.09 a.m. You are listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. It is Tuesday, April 27th, 2021. What up? Wake it up, wake it up, wake it up. Pour your coffee, get your tea, whatever you do to wake up in the morning. Let's get busy. Let's get to it. Uh, We had a great interview yesterday. As those of you who are fans of the show will have noticed, we got a chance to interview Mayor Richard C. Irvin, and it was a great interview. Uh, Wonderful time. Really appreciated it. Shouts out to Mayor Irvin. Uh, The interview was up on our YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, wherever you guys get your podcasts from. Be sure to check that out. Also, Apple Podcasts and Google Play as well. Uh, we go, we're we going live with the news here at 8 o'clock a.m. So before we get to that, I'd like to give you guys a couple of quick updates. And as you know as well, we will be doing live news on Facebook every Monday through Friday. You guys know. Uh, and we got an interview coming up right after the sound of my voice. So get ready for that. All right. So let's get into it. Uh, tomorrow, volunteers are still needed for the neighbor backs that's happening at East Aurora High School. It'll be from 9.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Shouts out to our state representatives, Barbara Hernandez, Keith Wheeler, Stephanie Kipwit, and our state senators, Linda Holmes and Karina Villa. We've posted the link for you guys to sign up. Uh, it's a sign up genius link. Please do so. That's on our Facebook page. Uh, appointments are still available. Uh, the, today is the last day, actually, for first dose Pfizer vaccines. Registration has been open. We've posted that since last week, like a week and a half ago, actually. Uh, 970 North Lake Street, the old Carson's and the Northgate Plaza. Don't forget Mutual Grounds Walk of Hope, Sunday, May 16th. Create a team, be a fundraiser. There's a lot you can do to get involved. Mutual Ground continuously goes above and beyond to do all they can for victims of sexual or domestic abuse. To register, you have to click the link and it's again on our Facebook page. Please take a link or excuse me, please take a look at that. Today's Tuesday, so maybe I'll run it out there for you guys again. Uh, Jesse, the Law Torres' Boxing Club, is hosting a Memorial 5K on the 29th of May called United We Stride. It'll take place at Wabonzi Lake Park. The gym has been closed for over a year, and this is a great way to get back out, get active, and get back in touch with the community. It's going to be a great time. Not only that, all registrants get a 5K participation medal. Anyone who raises $100 gets a free t-shirt. Shouts out, shouts out. We like, we like gear, we like merch. Speaking of which, you can get your Good Morning Aurora t-shirts and merch at Cottonseed Creative Exchange. That's located at 8 North Broadway in downtown Aurora, basically Broadway and Galena. Across the street from where the Yee station is coming back, Chicago Style Barbers was right there. Uh, so shouts out to the Cottonseed Creative Exchange, veteran and woman-owned store. Friends of the show. And Aurora Central Catholic High School has a event going on the 25th of May. Uh, it's going to be a virtual, excuse me, it's a 25th annual Super Saturday Night Fundraiser. And it's uh, taking place April 29th through May 1st. And uh, so ACC has been uh, dedicated to the spiritual growth and college preparatory 
for over 50 years in the Fox Valley area for young adults. So shout out. ACC uh, started off as two separate secondary schools in 1926, Madonna Catholic High School, an all-girls school, and Ron Cali High School, an all-boys school. They merged in 1968 to form a co-educational school, Aurora Central Catholic. And also, don't forget, May 14th is going down. Friday, May 14th, McCarty Mills, 140 South River Street, Suite 8. The Good Morning Aurora Anniversary Party will be taking place on that day. That's a Friday. Save the date. Y'all get ready. We're we, we going in. We're going in. It's going down. So your favorite uh, local radio hosts and staff will be there. BTP, Jeanette, the whole crew. Also, tune in Wednesdays for Noticias Frescas. That's where we do the news in Spanish with our dear friend Noelia Ruiz of the Wabanzi SBDC. And Fridays, as you know, is Jeanette's planning, where our sister Jeanette comes on the show and explains all of the boring parts of government bureaucracy in a way that you will love. Uh, it's going to be a lot of good stuff happening. You know, I keep telling you guys to stay tuned. And... I'm going to tell you again, stay tuned. The second largest city's first daily news podcast is here. And that is the news. Good morning to you, Nicole. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to see you again. We had uh, we had coffee at Treadwell. Yes. It was a nice get to know you that day. I managed to track you down. And yes. Can <laughs> you to a time? He's a busy man, people. Successfully. Um, so we today we have Nicole Astra of MoxieVox. Yes. And I want to uh, let people know that you are a talented actress. Aww. You do a very good job. Thank you. You do a very good job. Um, for our listeners and our viewers... Um, introduce yourself and then tell us where you are from, born and raised. Okay, so uh, Nicole Astra, which is my middle name, okay. my stage name, so I do business professionally that way. And I was born and raised right here in Aurora. I spent some time in Elgin. I spent some time in North Aurora, in Austin, Texas, which I greatly miss. But I've been back in Aurora as a homeowner for probably the last 12 years. Is Austin, Texas where you got your style? My style? No, man, Aurora, born and raised. Okay, so, okay. No. Um, my I can kids, see the my kids That's are telling you I, I have That's, no style, yeah. so I'm like, <laughs> I love this already. Um, no, usually I wear black. You know, you're not supposed to wear black on camera, but I usually am decked out in black all the time. That's my favorite color, but that's a theater habit, I think. Um, you know, backstage, you're always supposed to be in black from head to toe. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, oh yeah, so the audience doesn't see you as you're running around doing things for the actors on stage. Really? Oh, yeah. Fascinating. So I'm going to, uh, another great episode where I will be learning as I talk to someone. <laughs> oh, well, I've worked in several um, local theaters, um, okay. including the Fox Valley Park District, Prisco Community Center, my most Shouts favorite. Out. One of my most favorite places, yeah. As well as the Paramount, you know, really the jewel of Aurora and um, a staple of the economic growth that's been happening in Aurora the last several years. Um, so I've got lots of backstage tips and tricks we could talk about. Are you an East Sider or a West Sider? I'm a West Sider. Okay. Um, but just by a couple of blocks. I grew up on the 400 block of New York Street. Okay. Yes. Very cool. Uh, so attended uh, West Aurora High School. I am a graduate of Aurora Christian High School. Okay. Yes. Aurora Christian. Mm -hmm. Very cool. My grandfather um, was a very generous man and provided private education for his six grandkids. Wow. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, we would never have been able to afford it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, what impact did that have on your life? 
Oh, tremendous, tremendous. We're going to get deep straight away, I guess, here, guys. Oh, we, yeah, um, yeah, we, yeah. So the nutshell version there is um, my mom was a young bride mm -hmm. in the 70s, and she was widowed at 23, and her kids were 5, 3, and 1. And so all of a sudden, she was thrown into, I'm a stay-at-home mom, very young woman, now I've got to work full-time and figure this out, and my brother was about to enter kindergarten within like two, three weeks of my wow. father's passing. And her father stepped in and said, let's just get him a smaller environment, somewhere we know he can um, really be taken care of, because you're going to need help, you know, raising these babies. And, you know, if I could already start with a shout-out, I heard on the show today you talking about Aurora Central Catholic and a fundraiser that they've got going and how they started. Aurora Christian School, really, you should do a highlight on them and what they've done for the city. Um, and I can connect to you. I've, I've worked and volunteered there in a number of ways since I graduated. But I'll tell you, she sat across the table from their administrators and basically just said, I, I need help, and they promised her, we're going to help take care of your kids. And they really, truly did. And so much of where we should be as kids of um, addiction and some abuse and, you know, growing up in Aurora, and it was, it was tough sometimes right. on the streets there. Um, and where we should be compared to where we are, my brother, sister, and I, just really that's by the grace of God. And, you know, even things, some of, you know, some of the more cliche things, um, at Aurora Christian School was the first time my brother heard, well, why aren't you going to college? Of course you can go to college. And he's ridiculously brilliant. Stash and Solange had to, like, they got A's, no problem. I had to work right. for my A's, Curtis. But my brother and sister felt very highly intelligent. And, you know, when money is an issue, you don't really, you just don't think about those things that aren't options. And... You know, so that was the first place for him, too, that it was really that seed was planted. Of course you're going to college. Right. You know, of course that's the path you're going to take. But people just believed in us and came alongside my mom. And, and to me, that's what church is about, right? God is everywhere. It doesn't have right. to be in your school or in your church, but it exists for that extension of community. And a rural Christian man, I really feel like they saved the three of us. I'm, I, uh, so, a, a late, I, I think her name was Mackenzie. She's the one who reached out to us and brought up the Silver Lining event that Aurora Catholic had. I'm happy to do it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. I'm happy, like, I, I feel obligated to put the message forward for the faith community and the schools because, like, they are another net to help catch kids who may be slipping through the cracks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that you is know, important. and it's expensive. Right. Private school is expensive, right? They're not funded. But they have so many, you know, people offering scholarships and financial aid available. So if you think it is too expensive, at least just check it out, you know, and see what God has for you. I've also worked at Covenant Christian School, which is just preschool through eighth grade, also serving a very niche group of kids where some of the bigger schools, they have to say no to, whether it's resources or... Um, you know, learning style, classroom aid, whatever it happens to be, they, they really can't serve them. And that's the goal. We've got to both be successful, right? I want to be an extension of your teaching. You want to be an extension of my parenting. But if my child can't be successful with what you're offering, it has to be a no. And those are really hard for all of those organizations to say no to those kids. And I really have found that Covenant Christian um, is a place where there's more yeses. And they are small enough that they can work with families who, you know, have BDED, you know, need those extra care in the classroom. So 
there's some great private schools in Aurora. Right. And you're right. They are they're doing great work to set up our kids for success. Yeah. So what was the what was Aurora? What was the community, the city like? Um, during that time, you know, young and growing up. What do you remember of it? Well, you know, I have this sense, just like everyone my age, that, oh, it was different then. We stayed out till the streetlights sure. came yeah. on, you know. Yeah. I mean, maybe just because I had a hippie mom and she was pretty permissive, but I remember meeting a girl at a park, and I was at her house that day. Not with parents. You know, now it's like, well, let me meet his parents, and what's his number, and well, I don't know that mom, so we can't do play date. You know, we're, right. we're so much more protective. Um, and present, you know, my kids don't hang with people that I don't know. Right. And it just wasn't like that. And so it was great. We were on our loan a lot, you know, and, and, and single mom, as it were, she was up and off to work and we were getting ourselves ready. And I kind of joke, I, man, I was a grown up by the time I was nine years old. And of course that's not true. I, you know, many aspects of my childhood were wonderful and, and typical and great and loving, but it was hard. You know, we were making our own lunches and doing our own laundry, and my brother was waking us up for school, and and we were doing it on our own. You know, right. so a lot was expected of us. Right. And I know that has, of course, informed our parenting, and we just don't want that for our kids. You know, we want to be present as much as possible. And um, my mom loved us awful. She was she was she loved us. She kept it together. She's a strong, creative, kind woman who has been through a lot. Um, but, you know, just who knows how to parent in the beginning, you right. know? Yeah. You have no idea. We all got to make it up no as we go idea. along. That's right. But um, far less downtown activity in those days. Okay. Um, so this was pre-casino. And the casino brought a lot of money, brought a lot of, you know, publicity, notoriety, started cleaning up downtown. Um, but, you know, there was gang violence. There was, you know, graffiti everywhere. There were neighborhoods you didn't dare go into. There were even, um, you know, a lot of initiations at that time. So we were warned, um, again, we're getting too deep, Cruz, but don't, if you're driving and you see a car without their headlights on, you know, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, what do you do? Flash them. Dude, you forgot to put your lights on. Hello. Well, that was supposedly an initiation. And so if you flashed them, then you were the one chosen. And so there were carjackings and people were getting beat up and... Oh. Um, there was shooting just a couple doors down from us um, that took the life of a West High boy. Um, you know, so it wasn't all doom and gloom. We knew right. our neighbors in a way that I don't even know my neighbors now. We did know our neighbors. Right. Um, and people looked out for each other, and the kids was just like a gaggle of kids. You know, where, you know, where we headed today. So nobody was really alone and how we would describe vulnerable right now. Mm -hmm. But... Um, I remember as a kid being fearful of that. Right. Um, you know, we heard gunshots. We, you know, saw the cars. We, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you graduate high school. Yes. Um, what came next? I went to Judson, now university, but then college. And, you know, really that was... Um, kind of a concession. I was on my way to a school just outside of Boston was very focused on that for the last several years of high school. Um, they flew here, they talked with my family, had a great scholarship, but my older sister was expecting. I wasn't sure if I was quite ready to leave home. You know, there was so much happening right at that time. Right. And I thought, maybe I don't want to go that far away. 
and uh, my older brother was a graduate of Judson. I'd been up at that campus and far enough away that you're not driving home all the time, but mm -hmm. close enough where if you wanted to be home, you could be. And um, beautiful, beautiful campus. And they were also offering a theater program and a strong science program, and that was my focus at the time. So, theater and science. Theater and science. Okay. Yeah, I started as a biology major, and. Um, Somewhere along the line, I realized, you know, I can't jump out of this field for a decade and raise my babies. And that was very important to me because my mom couldn't be around a lot. And um, so I went to my second love, which I always intended to do on the side. And I was um, a theater major. And also somewhere in the mix, they changed it from an art to a communication, um, which at the time was like a total drag. But... Um, then I had all this communication and PR background uh, as my requirements, and so that has, that's why I've had a paycheck, you know, for the last 20 years. Right. Um, you know, all, all these starving artists. So I was a marketer for years and, and chose to support nonprofit theaters and um, worked in Crystal Lake, the Rao Center, R-A-U-E. Check it out. It's beautiful. And not too far of a drive. If they've got something you want to see, please patronize them. And, of course, the beautiful uh, Paramount Art Center, and I started there in 2003. So your second love yes. was always theater. Yes. Interesting, mm -hmm. because you seem, I, I don't think, I, I might have told you the day we met, like, you seem like you, it was your first love, like you just seemed born and immersed well, to be. Because to me, to it's, it's part of everything that we do, right? Yeah. Like Shakespeare, all the world's a stage. I can tell you this sincerely, that being on stage and that process was it taught me far more about life and myself than my book work ever did. How to handle yourself. What piece of that personality I got to pull out in order to, you know, get through this or, um, you know, we all, we all have that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I did, gosh, marketing and there's trade shows, there's all sorts of different things. They're all productions. Right. You know, there's no difference with let's set the lighting design than it is what color carpet and chairs and, you know, who are my engineers going to be representing us at this trade show? It's all a stage. Yeah, so for me, theater always bled into everything else that I did. Right. And, um, you know, and again, it is it served me. I've always been able to do community theater. And I'm a voice actress, so you can do that at home. Right. I told you, you can be gray-haired <laughs> and chubby and nobody cares when you're at home behind a microphone. <laughs> so... I've always done that. I've always loved it, and it's fed me. But that hasn't been my work. That hasn't been my paychecks. Sure. You know, yeah. Sure. So you graduate from Judson. Yes. Life is all roses now. Life is beautiful. What's life like for Nicole? Was now at the Judson? moment, man. I mean, we've all been through a really tough year, haven't we? No, um, when you graduated, oh, you mean from right then? Right yeah, then. Uh, yeah. Listen, I got a great job right out of, I worked for a German engineering company um, doing marketing and PR for them, so mm -hmm. I got to travel all over. And um, What was that like? It was great. You know, again, I'd go out before everybody else and, and uh, work with the union guys and get, you know, McCormick Place or, you know, Javits and just all, you know, all those big, huge venues. And yeah. They're just, an, just a big open warehouse, and they grid it all in for these beautiful, gigantic shows. So I would go in in advance and make friends and get some favors and get my booth set up. And then we'd come in and, you know, just people, people, people constantly. And, you know, I'm good with people. I like, right. You know. 
Um, so now in our present time, mm-hmm. and I do want to talk about I want to talk about the pandemic era, and then yes. we're going to go to Clover next. Okay. Um, what's the biggest change? In, uh, excuse me. What's the biggest change in your personal life that uh, COVID has um, given? You know, in hindsight. Okay, so I was um, I was working at one school. I transferred to a smaller school who um, really just needed um, they needed some amping up. They needed some policy and procedure to really highlight the strengths that they were doing. And then after three months, I was let go. I was one of twelve employees let go. Um, you know, no malice. Everyone was doing a great job, but um, the money wasn't there, and they had to do a, a big restructure. Sure. And I thought, you know, Lord, I had so much peace about leaving a job I loved to go, you know, to enter into a job, you know, where I didn't have the community support of, you know, growing up and people that I knew there, I felt so much peace about making the jump, and now I've landed myself in unemployment and, you know, what what's going on here. But then I created Moxiebox, and in January, February, just really thought, well, what do I love to do? I've always been a voice actress on the side. I always have helped people find their own voice, whether it's in business or art, helping them really provide focused and authentic content and tell their story. I love storytelling. And so um, I had some great traction, and then the world shut down in March. And again, in hindsight, I got to be home with my three kids during the pandemic and the debacle of virtual learning for all of you teachers out there. I love you. You're amazing. Keep going. Call me if you need Starbucks. Um, It's rough. It's really rough. And some kids thrive and some kids tank. Right. And we can't differentiate it enough because we're through this Zoom, you know, that we're we're just, we're not serving everyone. And it's hard. It's really hard. I think, I want your opinion on this. I I heard someone say that um, life, consistently try to create a one-size-fits-all in terms of education, in terms of kids and things like that. And the pandemic showed that that was not sustainable. That was was impossible. Is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement. Okay. And I would would venture to say most of the teachers in my life, they already knew that. (laughs) They did already know that, yeah. When I met you, you gave me four clovers. Yes. Um, let's talk about that. Tell me about the clovers. The four-leaf clovers. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, I would love if anyone listening, watching, if you have seen a little laminated credit card side four-leaf clover around town or if it's been in your mailbox or anything, mm-hmm. I would love for you to comment because I leave them everywhere. Um, likewise, if you want a four-leaf clover, please message Good Morning Aurora, and I promise you I will mail you one. Definitely. Um, legit. At, I don't care how many people it is, I will mail you one. So, I call it my Holy Spirit sprinkle, and I just have always been able to find them. I joke, they find me. And people say, oh, you know, I can never find one. Well, one, have you really looked? I mean, have you really spent ten minutes and looked for a four-leaf clover? But, um, I have always been able to find them. I usually tuck them in my Bible or a book somewhere. And um, when I was working in a school, I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna empty all these out and I'm gonna laminate them, right. and you know, and then tuck them back in so they can they can uh, stay there forever. And a former student stopped by. She was a dance student, and mm-hmm. she 
was like, Coach, dude, I want one of these. I'm like, of course, you know, take, take whatever you want. And we met a, a second student out for lunch that day. And she was, of course, I'm your favorite. How can we, she's got a four-leaf clover and I don't have a four-leaf clover. And I said, you know what? I was staring out the window of my office on the phone today and I knew there was a four-leaf clover right in this certain spot. When I get back to school, I'll go grab it for you. They're like, what? Like, no, I'm, no, I'm serious. So I took my phone even and was like, okay, here's the spot where I think it is. And I, I got that exact same clover for her. And when I, I laminated it, I, I pressed it first, I laminated it and I wrote her a little love note and her response to it was just like, I, she felt so seen and loved and heard that I, I'm praying for you. I found this for you. I just wanted to remind you every time you see it of this little bit of, you know, unique creation. And so her reaction was so lovely that I thought, this is what four-leaf clovers can do? All right, I'm giving these babies to as many people as I can. So when I turned 40, I said, I want to get... 40 people to say, here's what I want you to pray about, and I'm going to try to find 40 four-leaf clovers, and let's see if I can do it. And I put it out on Facebook, good old Facebook to network, and I got over 90 prayer requests, and I found 103 four-leaf clovers in about two months. You go, girl. You go. And, and every single one got a, got a love note or what I was praying about them for, and I have sent hundreds since then. And I know that because the laminates I buy are packages of 500 and I had to buy second. So, <laughs> so I've never really Those numbers are verifiable. Yeah. yeah. And I have a good friend who every time he buys me a present, it's stamps. So he's keeping me in stamps. But I do. I, I, especially in the heart of pandemic, you could go back on my Facebook and there's probably half a dozen posts that said, it's been a really hard or low day around here. And so what am I doing? I'm hunkering down and I'm encouraging others. And then there's a picture of, you know, 12 envelopes with stamps on them. It has, it was my honor, first of all, to let, have people let me in on there. You know, kind of that underbelly of what they were struggling with and what they needed prayer for. So it was really an honor to be praying for them. But I love four-leaf clovers and not everyone has found them. And for some, pe some reason, people love it. Like, it's so crazy and unique to them. It is. I think that they also, here's what I'm, I'm going to just use myself as an example. Okay. Here's what I appreciated about it. The four-leaf clover has become, everybody knows it, but few actually see, get see to it, see it touch and touch it. it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And to actually have one in my hand, I felt elite almost. Mm. I felt yeah. like, yeah, I felt like I could cross off that proverbial list like, I have four-leaf clover. <laughs> Like, it's not just a yeah. lucky four-leaf clover. Like, it's not just a sticker on a... Well, it's not a bumper sticker. It's not a thing on a car. Like, I... And for us, um, my three boys get in on it. And sometimes they're very into it. Sometimes they're like, Ma, please, are we going to really talk to that stranger? You know? Clover's but, again, Ma. So we... And, and if you see me around town just staring at the ground, I'm okay. I didn't lose anything. Like, I'm just the crazy lady looking for four-leaf clovers. But it's really taught my boys to look around and be aware. And so they'll, they'll say things like, Mom... You know, I really think this lady might need a four-leaf clover. I think she's struggling or, you know, just whatever. And it's it's given them, Moxie Box means bold voice. It's empowered them to use a four-leaf clover as just a way of breaking the ice and saying, you know what, you, you look like you needed to pick me up today and I wanted to give you this four-leaf clover I just found. And then we open up a conversation. And we have, I mean, we've made lifelong friends this way of people we still keep in touch with. And 
the conversations that came out of that, or I don't always get a response back, and none's needed. I don't even put an address on them. But for the people who know me, the insights that I was able to put in that little encouragement, um, it just resonated with them. You know, it was truth to them. And that's by far the biggest blessing. And so now I do less about specific, um, you know, I would, if I'd be praying for your prayer request, the clover I found that day while I was praying was for you, and I right. made sure of it. And so now we do less of that and more of, well, we have them. If you have someone in your life who th would think this is neat, then you write the love note, and you pray for them, and you encourage them, and send it off. So the email is cloveredinprayer, like covered in prayer, cloveredinprayer at gmail.com. And I mean it, if you want one, or if you want ten, we'll find them for you. And as a matter of fact, not only will we make sure they find them, that'll be news for tomorrow morning. Awesome! Oh yeah, it's we'll, make awesome. Sure, we'll make sure all the people <laughs> know about Clover Day okay. tomorrow morning. Listen, if we get a lot, it might take me longer, but I mean it. Oh, it's all good, yeah. yeah I, and I, I know you it. do. Yeah, I know I you do. It. That's, uh, again, like, that's why the, the theater party ended up being second nature, uh, nature did kind of surprise me a little bit because you are one of the most motivated people, mm. tangibly, that I've met since I've been interviewing people. You got I it. I love that. Whatever it is, you got it. You well, got, like, you are just... Do you want to know what I hope that is? I hope that's because I love people well. I, could, I hope I, that that is a genuine, you know, smudge that comes off. No, you, yeah. that's, because I appreciate that. And I think that there's, so, Moxie Vox means bold you, voice. I don't, I was going to say, you know why? It's because you guys are all about positivity. Yeah. That's why, that's why that, you know, resonates with you. Yeah, and I believe that, like, everybody has a voice mm -hmm. in them. Mm -hmm. They just may not be doing at the moment what it is that would bring that out of them to make it bolder, right? right. Like, people are artists, but they're stuck working at ComEd behind the desk typing all yeah. day. So like that bold voice, what is it and how can it, mm -hmm. you know? What I love most about MoxieVox is probably um, audition prep. Um, people will send me their video audition and I will give them my first gut initial reaction and then I'll watch it like a dozen times and really give them some tips to dig in and bring their most authentic self into that casting room. Um, and I love doing that because I want to just encourage everyone's best, right? We also don't know until it's on video. We don't know. I didn't know I had that habit or I didn't know. Right, you right, know, right. It's nice right. to have someone who's been in a million casting rooms, you know, who's been behind the desk that really knows what to look for, encouraging you and then also telling you how to get there. You know, so right. that that's, to me, I love doing that because then they, especially kids, just feel so much more empowered. Like, I got you know, I'm right. ready to walk into that room. But, um, I, again, I love storytelling. At the top of pandemic, my contribution to those first few weeks of, like, oh, my gosh, we're really we're really doing this. We're, we're shutting in. Was I put out bedtime stories. And I, I went live one. on Facebook, and I just read a couple chapters every night. I put some kids' stories out on YouTube, on the Moxiebox YouTube page, and was like, you know what? You just listen for five minutes of peace at the end of your night. You know, like, you guys do the rubbing and the loving and just put this on. You know, you don't do, you do anything else and give yeah. those parents a few minutes of peace. But, you know, really just storytelling. And I read hundreds of scripts a year as a voice actor. So then that means I know how to write for the listening ear. And I love asking businesses, well, what does your business sound like? And that's something people don't often think about. But from the moment on hold picks up, 
all of that content on the paperwork, how all of your um, employees are representing you, that all should be consistent and re representative of your brand, you know, it's distinctive of your brand. So to me, just the theater bleeds into all of that. It's for boys, Moxie Box is for art and business because I think that art is in everything. <laughs> um, what is a miracle? What is a miracle? Ooh. So stupid, but I honestly feel like miraculous every time I find a little four-leaf clover. Um, I think a miracle is when someone's needs are met in an unexpected way. And that could be physical or, you know, emotional. What's a miracle that you discovered or a miracle that happened to you? Again, are we doing this? We could do this. Okay. Do we have time for story? We, oh, we got time for story. All right. We do. Um, I guess I got to go way back. Okay, so my oldest son is now 14. When he was little, he just thought, like, musicians were awesome. He just wanted to be like his daddy. Musicians were awesome. Bob Marley was his favorite thing. If I if we saw a guy with dreads out around town, he was like, Bob Marley! I'm like, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guy. We're a little too much peace and love around here. Um, he just, he loved music as a tiny tot. He loved music. Right. We got him a guitar when my second son was born, like a big brother gift. And, you know, just was sweet. He'd strum around. At one point, he even went and played at a coffee house. And he asked me, oh, I just posted this yesterday. He asked me, I want to play on the coffee table. I'm like, knock yourself out. Let's sing and dance on the coffee table. Do it. No, 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 no. I mean, so then, of course, we did. And a month goes by. He's like, no, the coffee table, you know, with a microphone. You're three. Do you mean a coffee house? Like an open mic night? Right. And sure enough, he did. I'm like, he's not going to do that. But we tried, and he did. He just got up there and sang his little songs and strummed a guitar. Adorable. Well, so he just had it in his brain that, you know, he was going to be a guitar player. He went through a terrible arm break when he was five, uh, the summer before kindergarten. And his arm broke in such a way that it damaged two major nerves. And he did not have the use of his hand for four or five months. Um, they prepared us like, listen, the, the nerve damage is not moving, but it's also not getting better. And so we, you just need to be prepared. He might not regain the use of his hand. And we just rolled with it. This kid was, you know, so tenacious. You, you can't keep a five-year-old down. They're going to do whatever they want to do, right, right? So right. I told you this when we had coffee, but he loved to fish. He cast his pole, he tucked it under his arm, he held it steady, and then he used his teeth to reel in his couch. And I was like, we're gonna be fine. Uh, so just from that moment, we just never missed a beat then from that moment on. He's gonna lose his hand and that is totally fine and we are thankful and that's okay. He's not 35 having to relearn everything. He's five, he's just starting to learn things. So we just really rolled with it. Well, someone from my church sent um, just kind of a form letter scripture. It wasn't something that they wrote, but it was about, um, are you being obedient in your faith, or are you truly being faithful? And that resonated with me, and that obedience is a wonderful thing. That's okay. 
And it really resonated with me, like, am I just rolling with this injury with my guy because I am truly thankful about it and I have faith he will be okay? Or is it just, like, in hindsight, I can look back and see how often God worked and and so I'm just being obedient to this behavior because this is what we do. Right. And, and again, not both sides of that are not bad at all, but I just had this moment of, Am I just forward motion, or am I truly, am I really thankful and faithful about his health and where this is headed? And I'm telling you, I was leaning in my kitchen against the stove, just pondering this, and I thought, I am, I'm, I'm at a place where I can be grateful. And I sat, I just whispered out loud, thank you that he is going to lose the use of his hand. Because whatever that means on the other side, I just trust so thank you. Like, I, I find, okay, like, I get it. I'm actually in a point now where I can be grateful for this. I kid you not, that very night was the first time he felt his fingers. And his hand, the muscles do something very crazy and, and atrophy his hand. I can't even do it. It was so far bent back. And he had this little brace that kept his muscles forward in case he regained it. And I would always straighten it out and press it down and massage it, just part of all those therapies that we were doing. And he yanked it away from me. And I just, okay, grabbed it again, put, you know, rubbed it out, was doing it again. And he yanked it away. And then I started pushing his cuticles back, just my same routine. And he said, ouch. And I was like, what do you mean, ouch? And he's like, I don't do that. That hurts. I'm like, what do you mean it hurts? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so crazy. And I'm telling you, he felt the top and bottom of every single finger that day. And I cried for like two days straight. I hadn't cried this whole time. Not in the ambulance, not like nothing because we were just forward motion. So there must still have been some piece of me, right? That wasn't completely settled, but I couldn't, I called some of our best friends and, you know, our moms and everything. And I, I couldn't even tell them on the phone because I was so, I was weeping for two days straight. So again, I hadn't quite maybe surrendered all the way, but I think that's a miracle. I think so too. You know, when the doctors are telling you, like, listen, let's just prepare ourselves. We haven't seen it like this. You know, the nerve damage isn't moving. It's not getting any better despite our therapies. And, and he has full use of his hand. And now he's picked up the guitar during pandemic, like in a real way, not in a just, I like to hold a guitar. I I'm, I'm, think I'm cool. And he is playing and thriving and like he didn't miss a beat. And then also, you know, how things work together. This is, again, so silly, but so we put him in voice lessons at the park district. You can still do your music. You can still be like Bob Marley, even though you don't have a hand. We can sing. Okay, so then he was a little singer. But so then he started doing talent shows and shows at Prisco. And then I did adult shows, and we started volunteering there and advocating. And now it's been nine, ten years of a partnership with the community center. And, you know, so all those things that just would never have happened. And and friendships and jobs and successful shows and everything else. But pretty neat stuff when you look backwards. It's hard looking forward, especially now with pandemic. You know, we don't really see our next steps in a way that we haven't in the past. But you just got to look backwards and know how many times all those holes were plugged and everything worked out smoothly. And, right, we survived another day. We did. And here we are. We did. Yeah, we'll do it again. That's a total miracle. Yeah. That is a total miracle. Yeah. Um, what's your son's name? Rook. R-O-O-K, Rook. Rook. Yeah. Man. 
That's uh, no, that's a I'm gonna get blessing. trouble if I don't give the other two a shout out. They're also North and Ecker, so <laughs> <laughs> all equally loved and miraculous. Right. Um. So. Uh, Everything, a lot of things stop with the Prisco Center, too. Mm -hmm. Are you guys part of any upcoming for the year that can be, you know, are there any calendar events that you guys are going to be part of? Well, they just announced uh, June 1st auditions for Newsies, oh, which okay. is their summer stage. All ages welcome. So parents, this is your chance. If you want to be on stage with your kids, they'll find something big or tiny. You know, maybe one little dance number or a walk-on. But if you want to be able to be at, at rehearsals with your kiddos and... Um, just shout out to the Park District, particularly the Community Center, because they have stayed engaged the entire pandemic. Lynn and Nick over there, I even I even um, sent an email to their big boss over there because they have done an excellent job of keeping us engaged um, to whatever, whatever level families wanted to be. Um, they even wrote Film Noir, you can probably check it out on their website, kind of spooky stories right after Halloween. Oh, I'm a film noir. Yeah? Film, oh, my goodness. We tried our hand at it for the first time, and they weren't noir. afraid to fail. or like, what it. if we don't? Let's try it and give kids some on-camera experience. Well, they wrote vignettes, although um, the writer is an avid listener of your show, Frankie. You guys talked about her this morning. Um, she wrote vignettes with families in mind, so we could record and perform together with limited... Um, interaction and exposure right. when we filmed at the community center. So again, they just were so creative, and um, I mean, and their roles had to adjust because you know they were doing care for kids and e-learning help, and you know they just really rolled with it in a way that the parents were so pleased because they needed help too. They needed to get those kids engaged when we couldn't get out of the house too. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So again, that extension of parenting and community is oh, essential. What's wrong with America at the moment? Oh, what's wrong with America? At the moment. Wow. We didn't prep these questions, Curtis. Um, it's like life. You know, and I don't, I don't want to get too preachy, but um, I think that we as humans have jacked up religion and spirituality so much that it has turned people off and away. But if they renew it, if they knew it from God's perspective and not from the kind of love that I have shown you in my own flaws and perspective and prejudices, um, then they'd be running after it. And if they were, you know, our communities would be much, much better. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think that... Um, I think people really do generally show up for each other. I have story after story after story of um, really being able to meet the needs of people in our community. And that's what I miss most about working at a school. In my position, there was also a pastoral care element. So, you know, you can, you can share up, right? You know, right. in those little circles. So those private things you can share up. So in administration, we were privy to the families that were hurting. And then we could, you know, on the slide, get them grocery gift cards or, mm -hmm. you know, or, or loving or new shoes or pay that sports fee or whatever it was. Um, people genuinely want to be there for each other right. and want to help. Right. Um, not always easy receiving that help, but um, people genuinely want to want to be there. And so, my gosh, if we just led with that, 
and then like and then start the conversation like no but right like just then that's just a period you know well, I want to help period right <laughs> you know or I can do this but no just no questions just, asked yeah, just, yeah yeah and you know for me I try to live my life and, and teach my kiddos too if it's in your heart it should be coming out of your throat so whether that is advocacy for or against something that's not even in your own you know sphere or family or community if you're thinking it if you're feeling it you need to start saying it Ooh. and so if that prompt is to go and help and buy do that but also if your voice is to say you know here this sister of mine can't talk for herself and so I'm going to talk for her you know that's that's important that's important and I think if we just no one can disagree with that right right but it's the but and the da 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 that starts jacking everything up. Um, and so what I hope is that the people in my life, and I do screw it up and people screw it up, but I hope I screw it up less right. you know, than I ever did before. But I want people in my life to, to look at how I live and how I talk and know I mean it and know I love them. And then that's it. You know, if you're not a punk, I want you around my kitchen table having supper with my kids right you know what I mean I want you in the backyard or for we call them driveway fires um you know what I mean I that mm -hmm. I want that's that's where it should stop so whatever else you're bringing to the table like that's my criteria are you nice or you're not a punk then then you're in and we're gonna love you um so what is a scripture or a verse that defines you best? Um, I have to say Philippians 121 and it says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And not only in the biggest sense of that, I have absolute faith that I know where I'm going when I die. Hmm. But in all the small ways too, all those death to self, all that pruning that we go through and maybe that's you know I'm more wise in my 40s right um, but all of those things that we should shed off whether it's our own thinking or you know our environment all of those other things so much of it doesn't matter so when you look at Christ and how he loved and how he lived that's what we should want to be doing and anything that doesn't fit into that Set it down. Take it off. Like, it doesn't have to be a death, um, you know, but to die is gain. To set those things down. To freeze them off. Cut them off. That is gain. Um, so that's always really resonated with me. And, and when I was in sixth grade at ACS, um, someone talked about this, and they passed out a giant box of laminated fall leaves. And I have since gifted that leaf to someone else. But for many, 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 many years, it sat in my Bible on that page. Because look around in the fall and see how beautiful death and changing of a season mm -hmm. and letting go, right, can actually be. And we have a promise of new birth, new season is coming. Yeah, I'm a nature. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Like... That's why the clover thing, too. I do my best praying outside, so you might as well be looking for clovers. The intimacy in different leaves, too, is, like, astonishing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, only a, 
Only a fellow nature yeah. person would, would really get See, the beauty that, of that. But yeah, that's yeah. when I get like really hippie <laughs> and spiritual. You know, for me, I'm, I worship a master creator. Mm -hmm. And that's evident in the world around me. And I think I'm a part of that, too. And I love being out in nature. And, and, and that's also the grander part of theater and being creative. You know, you said, you know, what if you're a desk job? However it is you are creative, that's what I want for my kids. And, you know, that's what I hope Moxie Box does for other people. Um, it might be speech writing. It might be science experiments. It might be on stage. It might be, you know, behind the computer. It might be in front of the camera. However you feel creative, to me, that's, that's a God-given inspiration. Absolutely. Yeah, and creativity is important. It's vital. It's vital. Um. What are three tips or, or must-knows that you would tell to acting or, or, or about acting or uh, being an actor or an actress? What do they, you know? Ooh, okay, well, there's so many different, um, you know, subsets in there. Yeah, so this mostly, is an outside-looking kind yeah, of perspective. Mostly, yeah, I'm, so. mostly I'm a voice actor, and that's okay. a whole different set. Although um, the MoxieVox Facebook page, I did a whole Q&A on, like, how do you get started in voice acting? And somebody says I have a great voice. Like this guy over here, by the way. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so in love with his voice. Um, I probably said that also to tons of strangers in Aurora because as a voice actor, you kind of collect voices. Like, right. oh, I want to I sound like that and then practice that one. Um, but so there's a lot of tips there that are different. A great mentor of mine once told me, we talked about this at Coffee too, I think. A great mentor of mine told me, um, when you're on camera, right, and that camera's like, right up in your nose to get the, you know, the emotion. You just need a teaspoon. You just got to give it a teaspoon because it's like normal life. It's right up in your business. When you're on stage, you got to pour the whole cup of sugar in there, baby, because you've got to be really big and bold. And I'm playing to the front row and I'm playing to the balcony. And so that's a whole different set of physicality that, you know, that you are taught is how to be on stage, how to move, sometimes when to breathe, all of that stuff. When you're behind a microphone, and now you know this, Right? It's like, just take the big old five-gallon bucket, you know, just start dumping your energy in there. Because you have to put in so much more because they don't get the benefit of looking at you. Right. Seeing your mouth and the expression, all of that. So it depends what we're talking. But general tips, I would say, if you're if you're listening and you just think, I know I could do it, do it. Go to the community center. Get your feet wet. Call colleges and say, I want to be in a student film. Get yourself on a set. Say, you don't have to pay me. I'll just run and get your coffee. But then you get to watch. You get to see what the camera language is about. You get to see how the extras move. You get to see what all their little, you know, last looks and place it. You get to see and understand what all that means. Also, there are a lot of no's in this business. Okay. Lots and lots and lots and lots of no's. So I would say let your progress be your victories. So momentum, I don't care how tiny it is, celebrate it. So for example, I, my agent calls me and I'm going into the city for, um, uh, for an audition. Yes! They liked whatever they saw or heard and I got an audition. That's a victory. Okay. I get there, I'm prepared, I nail it, it goes great. On the way home, yes! My, my audition went great. I got a call back. Fantastic! This is great! I didn't get the gig. So instead of, I got an audition and it was a no, because there are a lot of no's. My, I got called in, that's awesome. I nailed it, it's awesome. They liked me, they called me back, they're gonna remember my face and the gray hair. Again, you know, that's a yes. Let your momentum 
be victorious and fuel you. There are a lot of no's in this business. And there's sometimes some hard no's, like just straight up, look you up and down, you're not the look we're going for next. Well, that, that's great. You know, for all of us older ladies, oh great, you know, I'm the shortest and chubbiest and most gray hair in the room. That's gotta feel great. You know what I mean? Just, you can't, you can't let those no's stop you if you really feel in your soul like, I could do this. And then also just remember, it is everywhere. So if we reframe our thinking, how I handle that tough phone call, tap into your creativity to do it. You know what I mean? How I write that letter, how I, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, but just keep engaging, keep engaging. And while we're here, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't say, listen, things are starting to open up. Please be butts in the seats. Yeah. Buy your ticket. Buy a ticket for a friend. Pay full price for your drinks, even if you know the bartender. Um, you know, tip well, show up, come again, tell your friends. You know, we're going to need everyone's help to rebuild the theater community. We are. Yeah. We totally yeah. are. We totally are. Um, so, what's next for Moxie Box? What's next for Moxie Box? I hope as things start to open up, I'm going to do more audition prep. Because okay. I do truly love that. Um, but um, hopefully more voice work. I mean, Pixar's not calling, but of course I'd love to do kids' movies and, and um, or, or children's books. I love long-form narr narration. And they're not calling yet. Um, but also, um, if anyone recognizes me, it's probably because I did the intro to the mayor's State of the City. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to start working with Bureau of Gravity. You did a good job with that, by and the way, as Thank well. you, sir. You did a good job. I'm going to start working <laughs> with Bureau of Gravity, which is a wonderful marketing firm here in the city. They are branching out into even bigger and better things. And they have a wonderful community footprint, so focused on Aurora and really encouraging um, anywhere they can, and so I'm going to be partnering with them. Located on LaSalle Street. On LaSalle Street, right. yes. Yep. Um, yeah. For those in the community who are familiar, Bureau of Gravity was the place where uh, the 605, 605 Innovation, Innovation District, Innovation District yes. um, had that successful launch. Yes. And then they also had, before COVID, like it was a, not a museum, but like they had daily showings of what's going on in there. Um, uh, so much stuff. Beautiful space. A lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah beautiful, beautiful space. space. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, now, how can folks find out about MoxieVox? I think the easiest way is go to Facebook. There's a MoxieVox page. Okay. Um, has email and everything there. You can contact me. Um, you know, like I said, if you have an audition coming up or... And think through that. Sometimes that's a speech. Sometimes um, I just helped someone with their language with their attorney because they were going in for um, to custody court and... When your emotions are high, right, sometimes our, what's in our heart isn't really heard. So think about how, you know, what situation do I want my words prepared for? And anywhere where you want to be more authentic and focused, whether it's in your business, in your procedures, in training your sales guys, um, or on the art side with audition prep or my on hold message, maximize. Last question. Yes. Is there a character or a person who you would like to voice? Ooh. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, I guess I can't choose one because then that voice is already there, right? If you guys, if I give you a character, you already know their voice. But I love, um, I love the villains. I love <laughs> um, older 
you know, kind of weathered and wintered voices. Um, I have been Maleficent for Halloween a couple of times with my okay. kiddos. I have vowed to always have a fabulous Halloween costume, just so you guys know. That's important. Um, it is. Yes. Yeah. So I, I would love to, you know, do some of the more ominous and, you know, think the old witch giving the apple kind of thing. I would mm -hmm. love to voice some of that. Like Corella DeVille from yeah. 101 Dalmatians yeah. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Anyone out there know um, Awana? It's kind of a Boy Scout through the church program. Mm -hmm. um, they have a curriculum called Cubby Bear. And although if your kids are listening, maybe you need to turn it down real quick because I don't want to ruin anything. But I'm their voice of Grammy Lois um, for their CD series. And so I have some, we say nieces and nephews, but they're my cousin's kids. And everyone in the family's like, don't ever tell them that you're Grammy Lois because <laughs> it would just ruin it. It would just ruin it. Um, the show ends on a positive note. What is your message today for the people of Aurora? Mm. Um, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal from today's show ending. Get outside. Get outside. Um, you know, not only the nature lovers are the ones that feel grounded when they're outside. Um, you know, that happens for a reason. You know, nature, the wind, it's just very healing, um, the sunshine. I Doesn't everyone kind of feel like we made it to spring? Like, okay, you know, we made, yeah. it, we made it to spring. Winter's over. My goodness, so, as soon as the flowers yeah. came up, like, thank So just God. get outside, slow your breathing, you know, breathe in the peace. That would be my, if you're going to do one thing today, that would be it. Get outside. Yeah. And also, email the show, and we'll send you a four-leaf clover, which is a Yes, that's right, nature. yes. <laughs> that's part of the news um, in the morning time. All right, I love that. Um, so on, random. on behalf of Good Morning Aurora, we want to say thank you to Nicole Asher for coming in, speaking with us, and uh, taking some time thank to share you, with Sir us Curtis. all thank of you. her uh, initiatives. Check out Moxie Box on Facebook, yes. and also get prepared to see more of Nicole and Bureau Gravity doing yes. great things for the community, boosting it up and uh, making everybody smile and be aware of all Connected the knows. Connected and aware of Connected. all the fabulous things happening in this city. And I want to say, let your momentum be victorious. Mm -hmm. Quote from Nicole Astra. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. That is powerful. I really, I appreciate that. Let your momentum be victorious. I'm going to... I'm gonna wear that. I'm gonna put that in yeah, my own and personal. I was gonna say, and look at your file. last year for, yep. You know how many tiny little teeny baby steps did it take you? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because uh, I'm like you. I'm like you, Nicole. Like, there's no no. There's not enough no's that are gonna stop mm -hmm. what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Love it. Say no. That's fine. <laughs> I know no's in the English language. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway, we're going forward. Um, so, all you guys out there, check out this wonderful episode and get ready to see more of Nicole Astra. And uh, have a blessed, positive, and wonderful day. Peace. Peace.